What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 14. Episode 27. This is Writing Excuses, natural setting as conflict. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we are in conflict with our environment. Uh, I it's don't we're get in to Houston, do the joke. And it's so humid and hot. <laughs> oh, we are. oh, sweetness. It's so cute that you think it's humid outside. <laughs> I am just, oh, poor bunny. Um, uh, we on the podcast have rarely done anything where we've dealt with person versus setting. In specific, setting as natural setting. Natural meaning you know, these are our adventure uh, stories that are survival-based or disaster-based or uh, even endemic-based, these sorts of things. We're going to talk about how to do that, how to approach making this type of story. Do you guys have any starting out pointers when you're going to create a person versus setting story? Yes. Do your research. Uh, Because in my experience, the more research you do, the cooler your story is going to get. Because yeah. you, even if you think you know how to survive in a particular environment or overcome a particular disaster, the more you learn about the things that could go wrong and the various solutions that already exist to solve them will suggest a thousand cooler things you hadn't thought yeah. of yet. I, years and years ago, I think I watched one episode early in the season of Survivor, and I watched that for 10 minutes and thought, I, okay, it is taking them 
way too long to invent stuff that I learned how to make in Boy Scouts. And there's got to be a reason why these people don't know how to do that. Because when I was 10 years old, well, 13 years old, it made perfect sense. You know, I only had to be shown half of this before I figured out, oh, well, obviously, this is the other half. Um, If you are doing person versus nature, uh, you you have to be smarter as a writer. You have to be smarter than the Boy Scout in the room um, because the Boy Scout's going to be pretty disappointed if the story starts and they feel like, oh, I've got this. I think also for me, one of the things about the, the person versus nature is that the, per, the, the nature is serving the function of your antagonist. So you're, that means that your protagonist has to have a goal that the nature is stopping them from achieving. Well, that's mm-hmm. a very good point. And that's something that, that a lot of people leave out. And that's why frequently they, they wind up being very flat. So a lot of times it is a, a character-driven goal or some other, you know, some other aspect, but it's the nature that is keeping them from doing yeah. that. One thing I see a lot in nature, nature survival stories is that the protagonist's goal is allowed to change more frequently and more completely than normal because they achieve plateaus of, well, now I've got the shelter built. Yeah. Okay, I can move on to another goal now. Well, and it, I, I want to point out that it's when we think of person versus nature, we very often default to survival. But you can absolutely have a person versus nature story where the big conflict is I am trying to go up the hillside and come back down with the perfect Christmas tree. And the mountain doesn't want to let me do that. The mountain isn't trying to kill me. The mountain's trying to ruin Christmas. <laughs> would you call Calculating Stars, even though I know there are some villainous characters in it, would you call this a person versus nature story in some ways? Certainly part one is. And, and I mean, you know, I've, I'm killing the planet, so yes. <laughs> but part one is, is very much... Um, you know, we have we have to get out of nature. After that, it is mm-hmm. most of the the major conflicts are coming from uh, from society from societal problems, uh, where you're having trouble convincing people that in fact the climate is changing on the planet. Uh, right. So, so, so but there's f- also the sense of we have to overcome this this thing together as a species. Yeah, and I wonder if that could be put in that same category. I think it can because it, it, and this is one of the things that when you're introducing it into your story, uh, you know, I, I said that it, it serves the function as, uh, as a, excuse me, of an antagonist, that it's preventing your character from achieving a goal. Uh, but the other thing that it can do, and which is, which is why I hesitate uh, with calculating stars, is it's not so much serving the function of an antagonist, it's a time bomb. Right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's doing. Uh, and it is providing goals. <laughs> um, and it's actually allowing people to to break hurdles. So I don't know that in that's in part two of the book, I don't know that it it yeah. serves the function. Well, and what you've what you've raised is I I don't love a a novel length pure person versus nature story because uh, that's a that's a long time to wrestle with nature. That said, I loved The Martian, 
I was going to cite Isle of the Blue Dolphins. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I haven't read that one, but I, I loved The Martian. Um, but it is absolutely useful and and beautiful to work person versus nature as one of your big arcs and knowing how person versus nature works and knowing how to do it correctly means that if you're using some sort of formula for timing the delivery of emotional punches, you you know how to time these things. Can I put you on the spot and ask for any tips along those lines? What makes these stories tick? Why do we love them? What are some of those beats? Dan's already mentioned one, reassessing of goals as you achieve smaller and smaller, you know, larger and larger mm-hmm. goals, I should say. You start off saying, I am helpless, I'm going to die. Well, at least I'll do this thing. Well, since I did that thing, maybe I can do this thing. Since I did that thing, maybe I can do this thing. And then it just escalates to the point that you believe that they can yeah, survive they in this build a radio out of in coconuts. A, in a science fiction <laughs> setting, Gilligan. often the, yeah. Was it Gilligan who built that or was it the professor? The professor. It's always the professor who um, I was pretty sure I saw transistor tubes in there somewhere. Those were also made of coconut. Yeah. Um, just, everything, everything that you need, you just pull out of that ship. The minnow yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, your point being, the, Howard. Yeah, the, the, the point being, um, when, you are, when you are doing person versus nature in science fiction, often the resolution is not, you know, oh, I learned how to make a, a structure out of sticks. The solution is some sort of sense of wonder reveal about how this alien environment really works. And that moment, um, you know, if you've planned that, what you've written isn't what we classically think of as a person versus nature story. What you've written is a mystery story in which we're, we're being a detective and we're solving a problem. And then you wrap that around a story in which characters are in conflict and the solving of the mystery. It could be a time bomb. It could be a, a puzzle box type story. Um, but and I do think of these things, you know, as you know, name dropping the formulas as I'm building them, because that allows me to very quickly picture what it is I want to do, and then when I have that picture, uh, I, I can start mapping character names onto it and moving things around. And you know, I'm writing a long form serial where I, I already have a whole lot of established pieces, and coming up with a story and then very quickly mapping a bunch of characters on it. The mapping the characters onto it is is often the easiest part. It's coming up with what what is that fun reveal? Um, you know, one of the ones that I'm working with right now in the Schlock Mercenary Universe is uh, uh, Fermi's Paradox, which is fascinating to think of as person versus nature because nature here is and the mystery as it stands. Galactic civilizations have been wiping themselves out every few million years, and we do not know why. Is it? Is it an enemy? Is it something natural? It's a mystery. It is a reveal. It's it's fun. Um, and if I can stick the landing, uh, I'm going to make so much money. Make so much. And money. that's really what person versus nature is all about. It's about the money that you. Yeah. I want to get out of these woods a millionaire. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. 
They use an immersive technique, which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> Dan, you have our book of the week this week. Our book of the week this week is uh, what I consider one of the classic man versus nature survival stories. It's called Hatchet by Gary Paulson. It's a Newbery winning uh, young adult novel. It's about a kid who uh, gets for his birthday a hatchet and throws it in his suitcase and hops on the little Cessna that's going to take him to visit his dad on an oil field in the Canadian wilderness. And partway there, the pilot has a heart attack and dies, and the kid has to do his best to land the plane in a lake and then survive as long as he can in the middle of nowhere. And he's the only character, and it's all about him doing his best to survive. It's really everything we've been talking about in its purest little Mm -hmm. young adult form. It's a fantastic book, very short and easy to read, and awesome. 
Boy versus nature. I'm going to recommend one more, though. Okay. Okay, we're getting two book of the weeks for the price of one. Um, Ryan North, the guy who does dinosaur comics, he's got a brand new book out called How to Invent Everything. Oh, I really want to read that. And he sells this, he promotes this as a kind of like a cheat sheet for time travelers. If you end up stuck in the past for whatever reason and have this book with you, you will be able to invent electricity and penicillin and everything you need to make a civilization work. And so as a resource for writers who want to be able to describe characters doing this stuff, it's a really good resource. Yeah, I think it's, he has this poster that I've seen for years that is, hang this poster in your time machine that has all the little tips you would need. And it's done jokingly. And he's adapted that now into an entire book. Expanded it into a full book. Let's, uh, on the topic here, uh, Mary talked about setting as antagonist. Let's dig into this idea a little bit more. How do you go about making your setting an interesting antagonist? How do you go about having a story that perhaps has no villain other than survival or, yeah. Yeah. One of the principles that I teach in my How to Scare People class is uh, that something familiar becomes unfamiliar. That's one mm. of the basic premises of a horror story. It's also exactly what's going on in survival and disaster stories. Um, You know, something like the Poseidon Adventure. It's a cruise ship. We know what a cruise ship is like. Now it's upside down. So we recognize everything, but it's also weird and new at the same time. And that gives us that sense of horror and that sense of unknown, even though we still kind of understand what's going on. That's exactly why uh, the the upside down is so disturbing in Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising no one, for me, one of the the tricks on on making it an effective uh, antagonist goes back to the mice quotient, which is, it is often a straight up milieu story. And so for for me, the thing is, again, you've got a character goal. There's the character goal of, you know, whatever their emotional character goal is. But then there's also the goal of, I want to get out of this place. I need to navigate this place. And so finding... The environmental setting things that can throw up barriers that challenge your character's competence and that uh, that are often, I think, uh, most effectively a, uh, a result of a choice that they have made. So it's like, well, you know, we've got um, we've got fire ants coming at us. So in order to stop them, we're going to we're going to flood this area to keep them from coming in. But now oh, having no. flooded it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Islands of swimming fire ants yes. are a thing. Yes, that yes. is exactly. Yeah, uh, this is a film. Um, yeah. And uh, and so it's it's this unanticipated consequence that makes things worse. And I think that's that's often one of the ways that you can ratchet up the tension. And, and something that a good antagonist does is they they react. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And escalating. Yes. That's, yeah. Like, that's a, that's a very good point. Making it worse and worse and worse, even as our protagonist is leveling up in what they're able to accomplish. Um, you know, a lot of survival stories also have... Um, not they don't have villains, but you can see anthropomorphized elements of the environment yeah. that function as a villain. You mentioned Island of the Blue Dolphins earlier. Yeah. She's got this rivalry, so to speak, with an octopus. 
And she knows she's scared to death of this octopus, but she knows at some point she's going to have to dive down into that part of the reef or she's not going to have enough to eat. And so it's building this thing up as a villain over the course of the story until you get a showdown. You get a similar thing in the movie Castaway with his tooth. Mm. I'm going to do my best to survive here, but sooner or later I'm going to have to confront that tooth and there's going to be a showdown. Howard, earlier you mentioned something I thought was very interesting, which is using um, uh, person versus nature as a sub-theme mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a story, which you pointed out you like a little bit better sometimes. Uh, any tips on keeping this as a sub-theme or as a secondary plot cycle? Um, the book, Michael Crichton book, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, the character of Dr. Malcolm is... He is the personification of chaos. And chaos is the person versus, is nature in person person versus versus nature. Malcolm tells us we have a complex system and things are going to go wrong in unexpected ways and they're going to amplify each other and things are going to get worse. And by giving voice to that, when it happens... It doesn't feel like, oh, the author just picked the worst possible thing to happen, and it happened. It feels like a natural consequence, because now we can understand chaos theory. And that is layered on top of uh, a corporate espionage plot, where it was corporate espionage that caused all these things, that we like to think caused all these things to go wrong at the beginning. But when you stand back and look at the book, you know, "Eh, if it hadn't been corporate espionage, it would have been something else. Mm. Um, and so having a character who gives voice to uh, the, the, the nature um, without actually being, you know, on nature's side can be useful. Something that you, you said made me actually think of Lord of the Flies, which definitely begins as person versus nature. And one of the things that, that happens over the course of that as, as the boys – you know, achieve goals. It's like, okay, we've, we've created shelter, we've created fire and all of those things is that, uh, that the, the, the antagonist shifts from being the island to being the boys, the the society, the Mm -hmm. boys themselves. And I think that that's something that you can actually do. And, And something that we see when we have human antagonists, that a lot of times an antagonist will shift and it's, it's not the antagonist that you thought it was the entire time. It's it's something else, and so I think that's something that you can play with with your world building and your the the, the setting as. Uh, it's an echoing of the the principle, you know. The, the the story begins, and there's a thing that our main character wants. There's a thing that our main character actually needs, and there is a thing that, in the course of the story, the main character is actually going to get. And often those are three different things. And if you treat Nature, the uh, antagonist, the same way. Um, the want, need, get, being different things. There's this twist as we discover it uh, doesn't matter what nature wanted, this is what nature needed, uh, and this is what actually happened. Um, Mary, you've got some homework for us. Yes. So what I want you to do is we're going we're gonna to take the milieu mice thread concept, which is that a story begins when you enter a place in a milieu story and it ends when you exit the place. And all of the conflicts are things that stop you from getting out. They stop you from navigating. There are things that get in your way of of achieving that exit strategy. So what I want you to do do is I want you to pick a milieu, pick a setting, and just 
Pick your starting point. This is the character entering. Pick your exit point. That's the character leaving. And then brainstorm about 20 things that are going to get in the way of your character exiting the place. Then I want you to pick your five favorites and rank them in an escalating order of difficulty. So this is just a structure exercise. If you wind up with something that sounds fun, you can write it. But really what I want you to do is think about a way to build that setting as antagonist and that setting as getting in your way. Excellent. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production. Jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.